Young Pro Show, hosted by Dom Fry, the insurance guy. Would you still do something great if nobody ever saw it? A podcast for young professionals to come together and talk about their goals and their path to get there. And if I fail, I'll fail forward. I sit down with other forward-thinking individuals and talk about what they are doing to accomplish their dreams of tomorrow. Maintaining strength while living in your purpose. Mm. Now let's dive into the next legendary episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Young Pro Show, the first of 2022. Uh, Happy New Year. Hope you had a fantastic holiday season. Uh, Took a little bit of a break from the podcast. Have some exciting news to share. My wife and I welcomed our daughter into this world on January 5th, uh, little Abigail Louise Fry. So we are um, very happy, very blessed by her presence in our family. And it's been a really fun couple weeks. Um, but that has, you know, obviously caused a little bit of delay with the podcast, which is yeah, no concern at all. Um, however, this first episode of 2022, this is a unique episode. This is actually going to be a cross-posted episode. So uh, for those of you that may not know, so I host a second podcast with my friend Ryan Pessel, and it's called Hometown Highlights. So the Young Pro Show is my podcast. It's, you know, primarily about young professionals and what they are doing in their career, um, you know, what they're doing today to try to reach their goals of tomorrow and just kind of talking about their outline, their career. Hometown Highlights is more of an emphasis on the community and whether that is, you know, business owners, um, nonprofits, you know, high school students, high school teams, you know, people that um, have a strong community focus and are doing positive things in their community that we like to highlight and have them on that podcast. So on the most recent episode uh, was friends of mine that recently won The Voice, a band called The Girl Named Tom, uh, three fantastic, very talented and very humble, um, Caleb, Josh, and Becca Lichty. Really fun episode. Uh, Ryan and I both really, really enjoyed it and had a lot of fun with it. Um, it was cool to sharing their story about the band and, you know, kind of the insights from how they started the band, what did it look like when COVID hit for them, uh, you know, touring the country and doing gigs and such obviously changed at that time. And then, you know, their experience on The Voice uh, was a lot of fun to talk about as well. So I wanted to share this in case you do not listen to Hometown Highlights. I want to share that episode on the Young Pro Show. And I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did. And um, yeah, they are three awesome, awesome kids. And I'm really excited to see where they go in the future, uh, musically, Um But yeah, hope you enjoy this episode. And again, this is a repost of the Hometown Highlights podcast. Next episode will be back to normal for the Young Pro Show. We have a very, very special guest today, uh, a girl named Tom. Uh, Hard to give them an introduction. Um, They're from Pettisville, Ohio. They've uh, just won the voice here at the end of 2021 and somebody that is near and dear to Dominic's heart. So um dom how are you doing today Good, doing great best i've ever good, been good and a girl named tom as we'll we'll approach all three of you how are you guys today we're feeling good feeling we're excited good to be on the show thanks for having us yeah thank thank you for joining us so let's start off with some icebreakers are you guys apple or android users 
All of us Apple. Apple. Well, there we go. Are you Apple everything like phone, watch, iPad? Don't own watches. Yeah. I have an iPads. iPad from probably like 2013 or something. And then, <laughs> and then phones. And you're on a MacBook computers. right now. So Are there even any other type of tablet though? Like, yeah. We used to have an iPod actually. And our dad got it for us. This was like way long ago, like the first iPod. And he was like, now this is not an iPod though. It's a wee pod. <laughs> and we shared it between the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's great, a wee pod. That's the first I've heard that. That's cool. <laughs> and then are you guys, are you morning or night people? Night. Yeah. Night. Can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is still Very morning. Early morning. This is 11. still morning for us. <laughs> Rooster's still crowing. It's eleven in the morning. I love it. I'm still on maybe a little bit of that California time to give oh, you a little true. benefit of the doubt. You know, we'll say that. We'll, we'll say, say that. that. So it's so it's eight. Yeah, you guys. Are, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I can get into that. So you guys were born and raised in Pennsylvania, Ohio. So you guys all went to high school together in some form or fashion. Um, what was it? Small town. I mean, it's really unexplainable unless you're from a small town and everybody on this call is. What was that like with the support that you guys had through your journey here? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I mean, it starts back before we even went on The Voice. Like, when we became a band, people showed up to every little gig we went to and they supported us and listened to our videos, you know. And um, it, it's meant so much to have had that support when we were very non-popular, you know, and then getting the national recognition too, just how much it means to have that hometown support in the wake of the national mm-hmm. attention too. It's right. like a different thing in the heart. And way long before being a band, the That's community true. was all about, right. um, you know, young people sharing their gifts to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, Dom knows really well, like, People cheered him on at sporting events so hard and like strangers almost like people who normally wouldn't have a reason to come. They knew your name, like you're a household name. And, uh, and we were that way too with music. And, um, so when we made a band, a lot of people think it was a big risky decision and it, and it was, but we knew we were going to, they were going to have our backs. Like Pezzo was going to have our backs in whatever we chose to do. So that is such a, it brings a lot of peace. And it's and it's exciting for the hometown too because there's like a a blueprint kind of for how you operate in a small town and we definitely were breaking some of that mold and so people like took notice and were interested and, and obviously they they love and care about us and, and so they're like oh what's girl named Tom up to these days is <laughs> doing some weird stuff but yeah um, it's been it, it's. Community is such a blessing. Um, we really appreciate everybody. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, everybody is a celebrity in a small town, right? No, <laughs> you guys were locally, and now look, now you're on the national celebrity list. So it, it's cool. Um, I just have one connection, uh, Molly B. So I've watched her perform. I don't know how many times. So my grandparents are huge in the polka circuit. Like we, they've booked her in our little town of Arcadia. Uh, they know her personally. See, she is so talented. So when you when that came across, I was like, no way. Like, that is crazy to me that there's a connection. Um, but yes. talk to me about, like, the, the musical coaches that have helped you along the way and get you to where you are today. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, probably our first musical coach would be our parents just by coming in our bedroom at night, seeing us to sleep. We didn't even know. They did, they weren't like the parents that were like teaching us, but they definitely surrounded us with music from day one. Just fostered the love, yeah. love and passion and like playing with instruments. Yeah, playing and not, they weren't like, that's wrong ever. Mm-hmm. But the instructors, we had instructors like piano teacher was huge. Um, Norma Dixon taught us all piano lessons and me and Josh were definitely like hesitant to practice. Um, <laughs> We had to. Hesitant. We had to. I, I just you and I was like, that is not is the right word. word. The word is very anti-practice. Yeah, not there. <laughs> Would not be on the bench. <laughs> but but Molly B was an amazing yes. teacher, and she kind of jumped on the scene, burst on the scene. As you know, her personality is so huge, and mm-hmm. we didn't know she existed when we were young, but um. All of a sudden, mom found her and was like, this would be a perfect voice teacher for you three. Um, and that was right around the time when we started uh, Pettisville Musicals mm-hmm. um, when I was like a junior in high school. And so then Molly became all of our vocal teachers and she was wonderful, super yeah. inspiring performer and talent in a lot of different ways. But, mm-hmm. you know, vocally, she, she was our first instructor, really. Yeah. And speaking of like national celebrities, she's a. She's a big deal across the country, and she lived on County Road A, just like, <laughs> yeah, right down the road from us. And so it was crazy to have such a professional uh, instructor just right there in, in our small town. And we we felt really lucky to um, to know her and get taught by her. And, and then also Dwayne Beck, our, our choral instructor at Pettisville and uh, junior choral society when we were young uh he fostered oh, kids choir yeah, yeah. He, he really fostered a love for music as well um leadership too um he was all about kind of yeah giving us opportunities to lead sectionals and and do a bunch of stuff that <laughs> i don't know what i'm saying sorry yeah i don't know where i'm going with that <laughs> but yeah he was a he's instrumental as well Michael, with this podcast, so I kind of want to like tell the story of Girl Named Tom, you know, especially for those people that haven't been following you along, um, you know, and you briefly mentioned about the origins getting started. So I want to go back in time, go back to Girl Named Tom as a band. Obviously, we've talked about the three of you so far individually and your parents and the different instructions you've had. When did the band start? When did the three of you say, hey, why don't we like all do this together and create a band? Whose idea was it? And was there any like initial like pushback or was it, you know, as soon as someone brought it up, light bulb went off. So this is a great idea and ran with it. It was definitely a light bulb moment um, for all of us because it was never something we, you know, grew up dreaming of or considering. It wasn't an option, you know, until like three years ago. And I was driving on the road um, back from college, I think. Um, or I think I was working at the time. It was after college. And it was May, so Becca was graduating soon. Josh was graduating soon. And mom called me, um, Holly, and it was her idea. Uh, We had just gotten some bad news, kind of confirming that our dad was going to be in bad health for the rest of his life, Um, that the cancer was really terminal and there was nothing we could do to stop it. And so I guess our mom had this intuition 
that if we would all choose different paths career-wise, like scatter across the country, um, she would kind of lose that support network that is our family and we would lose each other in a, in a way. Um, and so she had this idea, like, could you just like hang around, be, be together? Um, let's be a tight knit family for another year yet, you know, while, while dad's still healthy in relative health. Mm-hmm. And, um, her, her idea was to start, start a band and like, just start singing together and like, wow, she just, you know, you love to travel, you love to sing, just, just don't, don't be real adults yet. You know, just put <laughs> pause on your real jobs and, and do this band thing for a little bit. And her idea was like for it just to happen for one, one year. year. And then we go back to school and become doctors. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that was her goal. And she convinced me pretty quickly. Like when she said that, like I had just been accepted into a medical school, um, but I wasn't feeling it. And so I was like, oh yeah, that's a light bulb moment. Like I'm into it. So then called Josh and then we called Becca. Um, For me, it was pretty quick. I wasn't hundred percent sure what I was doing with my next year. I knew I wanted a gap year between um, yeah, undergrad and then grad school, whatever that would be. And um, I was thinking about going to Tucson, Arizona, actually doing like voluntary service. And, but when he called me, I was like, yeah, no, that sounds better than, than the volunteer <laughs> service. So I, I was a pretty quick uh, convince. Have you bend your arm backwards? Yeah, no, not at and all. And we did make it to the good people of Tucson, too. Didn't we, we did. We got to Tucson. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. <laughs> and Becca was a little tr- trickier because, you know, well, she had all of college before her. Yeah. I was so excited to go to college. I really, really was. Like, high school was rough for me, um, especially near the end. And I was just like, ah, and I, yeah, I just was so ready to go to college. And then Caleb called um, on one of the nights of my musical, we were doing the musical Godspell. And he called me before the musical. I'll never forget this. And he was like, hey, what if we start a band? And he told me the thing that mom was saying. And I was like, my gut was instantly like, yes, that's, that's it. It was just, yes. And I tried to like, okay, let's rationalize this, you know, over the next couple of weeks. But it was sinking. It was not a sinking feeling, but like very definite yes from the first call. Even though it really stressed you out. Yeah. It stressed me out because I didn't know whether to trust that, you know, like, wow, this is a dream that you've actually been sitting on for a long time. Um, but it's not logical as you it's not as logical as you hope it is or something. I don't know. And it was still so much new. different than what you had thought, you know, yeah. it was much different than the plan exactly. that you had in your mind at that time. Exactly. And, you know, people always ask you at the end of high school, what are you going to do with your life? What are your <laughs> plans? And, you know, it felt good to me to be like, I'm going to college. I'm going to become a pediatrician. You've been saying that since you were I've like I've been seven. saying that since I was wow. eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah it was, it was a, a very different. much yeah. Definitely, but I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That was Holly's idea. Um, you know, and the three of you, it didn't take too much. And yeah, especially it was kind of probably perfect timing then for the three of you with, you know, Caleb and Josh being done with college and then Becca being done with high school. And it was like, okay, the next transition, transition in your life. And then it's, you know, your mom brings up this idea. And even if, you know, funny looking back now, that it was supposed to be a short term solution. Yeah. Um, but also really cool to see her heart in that as well you know, just wanting the three of you to stay connected and, you know, with your dad um, and your parents as well. Next question I have is probably has to be the most popular question you get all the time. 
And that is girl named Tom, where'd it come from? (laughs) Yeah, you are right. That is the most popular question. And I'm still bad at explaining it. Uh, it's so simple. Why do you think it's so, complicated? Yeah, it's so simple. It's an old nickname. I used to call Becca Thomas when she was a baby. And uh, that's, that's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> Doesn't it kind of have a classic ring to it, though? Girl named Tom? It's awesome. It's perfect. <laughs> so, so you called her Tom, but then who came up with the idea for that as the band name? That was me in yeah. the shower. It's one of those shower <laughs> ideas. Great ideas come out of the shower. Yeah. <laughs> was there any secondary names that were considered, or is that it? Yes, we were considering um, House of Willow. House of Willow. Because we, we grew up on 78 Willow Way. Okay. Um, yeah, and I thought <clears throat> I would go on the internet and find one of those, like, name generators, you know? Like, yeah. what should we name our band name? Classic, Gen Z. But um, <laughs> that thing popped out. The flight of the burnt orange llama. That <laughs> so, was a nice an option. Very Quickly strong rose contender. In the ranks. <laughs> um, and then dandies. You like the name? I dandies. liked the dandies. Like, but you kind of didn't come up with the dandies until after we had kind of settled on Girl and Tom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Girl and Tom. Settling on a band name is so, so daunting. Stressful. It's so daunting, and and looking back, like I, I'm glad that we settled on Girl and Tom because I, I feel like it's really been good for our brand and represented us well but it's so hard and because so much branding goes into that mm-hmm. that name and, and a name yeah. says a lot you yeah. know like it says a lot so then you guys so you start the band you get the name you know you start i believe your first gig was at naughty vine winery in pettisville uh they're on 19 um so you start performing yeah. is that correct yeah, that's right. Okay, that's what I thought. But you start performing gigs. I guess what did it look like? Did, did you have to reach out to places to you know ask if you could come and perform, or like how did it? Like you say you want to start a band, but the, you know there's not a blueprint for that. So like, how do you start a band? You know, we had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Naughty Vice thing, I had I wasn't aware that live music was a part of the winery scene. You know, we I, didn't know the winery scene didn't at all. Know the winery scene existed. <laughs> I didn't know there was a winery a mile and a half down the road from us yeah. until that moment. <laughs> um, I knew there was grapes there, but I didn't know people went to like eat and enjoy wine and listen to good music. Um, so once that happened, we realized, oh, so people do enjoy like live music at when the when they're eating in public. So then we started like emailing and finding other places like that. And then so many emails. email bombing. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing we knew to do is bomb people with emails. Yeah, I don't know. Is eight emails in a row like too much? And, and our they're dad, not responding. I don't know. Our dad kind of played like a what is it called a dadager? Yeah, dadager or a momager, like like um, playing a manager. And he would like make phone calls and um, not a lot though. He would mostly talk to people at work and yeah. like say like, "Where does live music happen around here?" Yeah, because no, none of us knew. No. Um, and gradually we kind of found out and then we got more experience. Yeah. Growing up, like church was always the gig, right? And then when we became a band, it's like we definitely started with churches. So even when we were going around the country, like we would first find a church and then like coffee shops and surrounding things. And that's how we made it around. Mm-hmm. And then someone from that church would put us up for the night and it was really nice. And the rest of the time we were just in our van. But yeah, a lot of those things happened. Um, like just by people talking to each other and spreading the word. 
and hundreds of emails and hundreds of and 95% of, <laughs> of them. We never got an answer on. Yeah. Um, Understandably. Yeah. Because nobody knew us. Yeah. Like, you guys, I mean, you were traveling countrywide, correct? Yes. I mean, yeah, it we, wasn't like this was just in Ohio or anything. This was throughout the whole country. Yeah. We, uh, we've yeah. like played all of the venues in Pettisville really quick. So we had to, <laughs> we had to take our talents elsewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, well, now we must, we must leave. And so, yeah, we went all the way around. We made just a big circle around the whole, whole country. Mm-hmm. Um, until COVID hit, we had we had played like sixty-seven shows in twenty-seven cities, or twenty-seven states. I'm not sure what our stats are, but they're on our website. Yeah, like it was thirty-six states. Yeah, it was remarkable. Um, the warm reception we got, like places, it really affirmed our belief in in like humanity. Honestly, like just how kind people were strangers like willing to take us in for a night and um yeah we were just overwhelmed with kindness uh and it was fun like these aren't your traditional gigs right they're we're not playing in theaters uh we're playing oftentimes house concerts for you know 15 people at times uh elementary schools even uh retirement centers literally anyone that would take us and listen to us we played there and we didn't realize it at the time, but we were just planting seeds in a lot of different communities. And um, yeah, we we would love to see like a heat map of where we toured and where like votes came in from The Voice <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think we built little communities around, around the country and, and it kind of just spread. Um, yeah, and timing worked out pretty well that way. And you briefly mentioned Caleb. So then COVID hits, everything shuts down, you know, travel restrictions and such. How did, I mean, obviously the band is still, you know, going now. So like, how did you guys pivot at that point when you couldn't travel when you couldn't do those gigs? Yeah. Well, I would like to say one thing. It just struck me now. We were such a young band at that time. I feel like something as huge and catastrophic as COVID would have ended a lot of young bands like us who weren't very experienced. We had other plans for our lives. Yeah. Why did we keep going? Yeah. I don't even know, but none of us like. <laughs> I think it's cause we're like siblings maybe mm. because we just connected, you know, and we were at our parents' house. And, but I do remember like crying. Yeah, that's right. It was a couple days. days no. during COVID. Like life is over. We're never going to be a band again. This sucks. I remember that. Like that was hard, but we did YouTube videos weekly. We, you know, you find little things that you can do and that feel a little normal. Molly B and Ted Lang let us in their studio, and we did a bunch of little live shows from their studio. Yeah, they weren't giving up, so we weren't going to give up either. That was a good example. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and we had a uh, uh, a mentor, a coach who. Uh, named Luke Concanon, who we met with weekly for a bit through COVID. And he kept our, he, he allowed us to use the time as like Vision. brainstorming or, or like um, a study time, or I don't know, like, like planning. Make plans. Like, what do you really want from Vision. life yeah, when everything opens up again? And just like, where do you want to be then? Where What will you want to have prepared? 
yeah, put it in perspective, like put the year in perspective, like, okay, well, you can still have five year, 10 year goals uh, that can still be intact. Like there's so much to being a musician and there's so many things to do all the time. And so it's one of the things that's really cool about the job. And then we could allow ourselves to really focus in on the creativity side of what it is to be yeah. a musician. Since we couldn't play any gigs except virtually, we wrote a lot of songs, yeah. um, which has put us in a nice position now when we're like starting to, you know, work on an album uh, with a record label. Um, and we don't have to start completely from scratch, be like, oh, wait, we have to work on all this business side and be on the creative side as well, which which we are. We're always living in between those um, two realms, but at least we have a start on the creative side and it's not, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, it definitely does make sense. And that's cool that, you know, you guys have said, it, I mean, I can't imagine what that was like when, in specifically for you guys' case, when COVID did hit and your plans were completely derailed. And yeah, you got to a point where it was like, we end it or we pivot. Mm-hmm. And obviously you guys, you know, chose the route of pivoting, you know, surrounded yourself with, you know, mentors and people to be able to help you during that time. And, you know, I mean, again, obviously hindsight being 2020, you look back, no pun intended, but looking back now, <laughs> look back now and, you know, I'm sure you kind of chuckle at it a little bit, but at that time it was, yeah, very stressful um, having to make that pivot. So then you guys, obviously, you know, you go on the voice. So whose idea was it to go on The Voice? Like, where did that come from? You know, it's funny because we've talked about Molly B. She's the person who gave us voice lessons way long ago, and she's Poco Star. And um, she sent me an email, like, back in January. And it was like, auditions are closing soon for The Voice. And Like a year ago now. Yeah, it's about this time, a year ago. And <laughs> I was like, we got to do this. We got to do something. I mean, we had been shut in the house for way too long. And I was like, boys, let's do it. And they were, they were kind of tough to convince because it was reality TV. And they didn't think Raleigh and Tom was cut out for reality TV. But I thought, you know, the music is going to be what people connect with. It's not going to be our reality TV presence, you know? And in turn, I don't know. I'm you guys glad. were certainly right. I'm glad we did it. <laughs> yeah, it was literally the last day of auditions, and she was like, guys, we, just, we don't have to go stand in a line for hours, which is usually a part of the process. Mm-hmm. We literally just set up our computer screen, and like 10 minutes before we did it, um, we just practiced our, a chorus of a song. It was just 45 seconds a couple times, and then it had like a little countdown. It's like, five, four, three, two, one, you're on. And just right in front of the computer screen, we, we sang and it felt so weird <laughs> just singing in our, in our little house. Uh, yeah. It's like a Zoom call type of thing but or a virtual game. it was nerve wracking even from the beginning. Yeah, it was nerve wracking. Maybe oh, a little you bit. You were invested I, in it emotionally, but Josh and I weren't. No, so I was nerve wracking. It's like, okay. Well, you did a good job. <laughs> and then about 10 minutes later, they were like, hey, we, you know, send us, us a couple stuff. more videos and fill out this paperwork and one thing kept leading to that next yeah. and and every single step that we made it past 
we were like so surprised because like <laughs> even in the audition process, like before even going out to California, I was like, wait, really? They want more? Yeah. Wait, really? But then there was, true. but then there was a, a point where we were like, wait, we are a band. Like this is what we're doing. So we so probably should be making it through at least to the blind auditions. Yeah, we've decided to make this our life's work. We we should probably should. <laughs> yeah, that'll be really depressing. <laughs> the blind auditions then, you're there, all four of them turn their chairs. You know, how, was that almost, um, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. You know, a moment of like, okay, we did make the right choice. You know, we have all four options. But then also, did you know from the get-go, if you had all four, Kelly was who you wanted or who, you know, how was choosing which one, especially in your guys' case, having all four as options. Um, but what was that like? Yeah. Choosing was hard. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't believe we had all the options, yeah. but um, there were no bad options. Really. We went in thinking we were going to go with Blake. Then <laughs> um, what Kelly said just really spoke to us. And so went with her and we're really glad. Yeah. And Ariana was like a mystery. Like we, yeah. I mean, obviously she's like one of the biggest pop stars on the planet, but we didn't know how she would be as a coach. Um, so we, we kind of had her at the bottom of our totem pole. Um, <laughs> so kind. <laughs> and then. So we'll go from there. <laughs> uh, she was never an option. <laughs> uh, we're she's probably not going to watch this. Looking back, she's a great option. Like, she is a great, she's a phenomenal she, yeah. person, a wonderful coach. She took it really seriously. Um, but no, yeah, I just didn't know. It was so stressful. If finding a band name was the most stressful part about creating a band, picking a coach was the most stressful part of that beginning of the voice experience because it, it felt like everything rode on that decision. And when we were up yeah. there, oh, it was overwhelming. Yeah. But we, we made the right choice. And Kelly, Kelly like told us now. She was like, oh, we all knew you were going to make us a finale. Wow. Like from the That's first. Great. And we were like, what? She's like, I just wanted you to be on my team. But we knew whatever <laughs> team you were on, you were going to make it. We were like, what? Yeah. It's crazy. Well, so cool. So for you guys then, um, I mean, it, you, I guess you briefly mentioned there, Becca. But like at what point did you realize like, hey, we're really starting to pick up momentum here? Like, again, especially as a trio um, you know, and being on The Voice and, you know, there was, you know, once you started breaking records uh, as far as the trio and the farthest they've gone and then even got to the point, you know, being on iTunes, um, you know, absolutely surreal moment. I'm sure for you guys to see Girl Named Tom, then Adele, then Taylor Swift. And it's like, what? Like, these are global, global icons. And you guys are, you know, number one, number five, whatever. It, oh. I'm sure a surreal moment. So like at what point, was it for you guys, or maybe it wasn't, maybe, it, you know, you rode the whole way thinking, how are we here? But at what point, you know, did you feel like you were building momentum and like, we, we got a shot at this. Dust in the wind. Dust in the wind was the moment where we, uh, that was our first studio recording, um, which was a really cool part of the process. We got to go to one of these like really, really nice LA, LA studios. Um, and we recorded in there and the, the folks really liked it there. And then it came out and kind of rocketed on the charts. And then in that performance went really well, or the reception was really good. And at that point we were like, wow, we might, we might be onto something here. Because um, it's a popularity contest. Like we never yeah. thought we were the best vocalists on the show no. ever. 
But once we saw that, and honestly, we've been saying dust in the wind, like, and that's when it confirmed for us. But when Wichita Lineman aired, hmm. like we had to wait. We, we performed that way back in like June uh, or July. But um, once that aired in October, yeah, and the re- like reception was incredible with that old song that I didn't personally think people would connect care about that much. But people just loved that. And watching us, and I got chills watching us, and I was like, whoa, yeah, there's nothing that sounds like this on this show. Maybe, like, maybe if people are hungry for this, we got more like this, so we, we might go somewhere. And we really thought we messed up Wichita Lineman when we actually did it, so we were very pleasantly surprised. We were so glad. <laughs> watching it back. What did you think you messed up about it? Because it was, like, perfect for a guy like me that doesn't know music, like, deeply. Oh, man. I mean, we're our own worst critics, of course, but we well, had like changed the melody line. Yeah. Okay. And you practice it so many times, you know, like the same way. And then when something happens on that stage and you're like, Oh my word, my mind is gone. Yeah. Like Caleb, <laughs> Caleb came <laughs> in on an entrance, like a little bit late. Okay. And it, you know, it was like half well, a second. No, this is how psycho we are. It's, and the Wichita lineman. And the Wichita lineman is still on the line. All I said was, the Wichita lineman is still on the line. And we all thought we were going to lose the show we because like, I missed Anne. I almost came in. I almost started singing. Josh was like, I might have to sing this line for Caleb because he's not going to sing. I was like, no. And I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? And all I did was word and. We were like, so no one else knows, but we literally thought over. we were going to lose the show. It's over. We were going to get sent home. It's so over. your thought is that they're going to pick that up and you're going to lose because of that one word? Our minds just like blew up. It blew that little tiny thing way out of proportion. (laughs) Dude, I watched it and I got goosebumps from it because the the vocals are so good. Like, see, I did I would never know that. Thank you. As a a fan. Like it's it's wild. That's so cool. Behind the scenes. That's (laughs) yeah. And that happened more (laughs) on. I mean, yeah, like you said, you know, being your own biggest critic and you guys know in every single detail and that just shows the perfection perfectionist uh characteristics that three of you have um i'm sure individually then as a band as well and just wanting to make sure everything every little and is perfect the entire time um so what was it you know i guess you know josh and caleb you guys briefly mentioned about the reality tv part of it um i'm interested what was it like performing? You know, you guys were doing the gigs before. So you're performing and obviously a lot of focus on the music. Now you're on reality TV on The Voice and you are performing and there's the music part of it. But there's also an entertainment value that, you know, specifically, I think of when you guys did Coldplay, you know, and Caleb and Josh, you guys running around dancing, drumming and such. And like having more of a focus of the entertainment, not in comparison, but more than what you were used to with the entertainment compared to that, was that a seamless transition? You know, you kind of just like um, let your body move to the music or was that, was that potentially maybe Kelly saying, Hey, this is on TV. We need to have a little bit more of an entertainment. Like what was that like? Cause the voice was probably much different than what you guys were used to in your previous band gigs and such. Yeah. They called that week challenge week. In the voice, and so it really made great sense to go out and do like a big number like that, and and really show that, um, you know, the voice. We got a lot of energy. We can we can it, we kind of treated it like a theater performance, 
um, or theatrical. And we've all done theater in the and past. We, we love theater, so yeah. it was it was kind of fun. It was definitely very out of our like box, but we tried to make it as girl named Tom as possible. Yeah, but, yeah. Musically, it was so different than than anything that we had done, and yeah. and visually. When we got the song, yeah, and visually, when we got the song. We got our heads together at first and we were like, you know, well, how are we going to slow this down? How are we going to make it GNT and like yeah. sad and weird? Uh, and and the, then the music director. Yeah, the music director came up mm-hmm. after our rehearsal, final rehearsal for Dust in the Wind. We already knew that we were going to do Coldplay the next week if we made it. And he came up and was like, so what are you thinking about that Coldplay song? And I was like, yeah, I got this cool guitar riff. It's really sad. Like, we, we love it. It'll be, it'll be beautiful. We'll make it beautiful. And he's like, well, we have like a dozen battle drums we're going to rent out. So what are you thinking? Maybe you use those and we're like, what? No. Like, <laughs> like you have all of these creative teams and production. literally construction people that open up this ginormous door and put any set you want in there. Why are you not using it? Kind yeah, of. Yeah. He was like, why? Like, <laughs> go big. <laughs> you, you've got all this production and we're paying for it. Like the show is paying for it. So you should experiment with stuff. Go yeah. crazy. And we're glad we did because now, like, going into our future shows, we do want to incorporate some elements of big numbers, you high know, energy. and more visually pleasing, like, high energy things to, like, you know, instead of just, like, all sad um, or, or soft songs. And it was our saving grace on that song. Exactly. Because, yeah. because vocally, we're never going to sing that song you know, it's not it's not like a super girl named Tom like song, and, and um, so it, we can't really compete vocally on our vocals sucked on it. Yeah, Josh with that to song, um, <laughs> but we can we can make it look good, and we could we can make our movements confident, you know, and, and just show the audience that you know yeah. maybe vocally, we're yeah, we're having fun. It was fun. Like it was this powerful. is high energy. Was, like you're cool. gonna have fun if yeah. you come to a GNT show some someday, and yeah. It was yeah. one of our least favorite vocal performances of all time, and yet people still talk about it a lot. So that goes to what you're saying, Dom, about the entertainment value mm-hmm. yeah. is a whole lot of the equation. That's right. So then you guys, you win the voice, obviously. What, I mean, obviously you had a little bit of time to process it now, and I'm sure you're probably potentially still struggling to find the right words for it. But what was it like to be announced and to win the voice, especially when you guys have said this whole time, you were like, yeah, I, we don't know how we got here. We don't know how we got here. We don't know how we got here. Yeah. And then you end up winning. So what was that like? I mean, the people chose the winner, right? So it's just another confirmation that we're connecting with people. And that's really what we're set out to do. Um, use our gifts, share our music to sing to people's hearts. And I think that was just another like nail in our Girl in Tom Val, like no, I don't know. That doesn't make it validation. Talk about confidence. Nail on the validation. Validation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, like the the voice family was so tight knit, and, and you know, as people kept leaving, you know, the fewer people were there, the closer that those people got, and um, I would say that it was going to be a celebration regardless of who won um, sure. that night. And it really was like, we, we didn't feel any animosity at all from any of the other contestants. And it would have yeah. been the same way had somebody else won. Like 
it was just going to be a celebratory night um, on that finale day. Mm-hmm. And I would add, we were all telling ourselves that winning didn't mean anything at that point. Like we'd all been on television a lot. We we're making a lot of connections. Um, second, third, fifth, tenth place would have been a win for us. Um, but winning the show has opened a lot of doors mm-hmm. and it definitely, I don't know, somehow put us on another level um, professionally um, in the industry that I didn't realize was going to happen, honestly. So yeah. um, I'm grateful for that and we're grateful for the platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it gives you instant validation, right? Yeah. yeah. You don't have to explain yourself. It kind of talks for you for sure. Yeah, True. for sure. And we've invested so much. You know, we talk about coming from a small town, working so hard um, at practicing our, our crafts. And then, you know, so it's kind of like those investments returning, I guess, a little bit later. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Where's the trophy at today? It's in California. <laughs> <laughs> it's in rough shape. It's had a rough month. <laughs> no. we actually don't have it yet um put stickers all over it yeah i think they're probably gonna like ingrain our name or engrave, something on it i don't know engrave? we we've already held the trophy once um on tv but we had held it with cam anthony we met the 2020? season 20 winner oh, of the voice 20. on a plane he sat by josh and he let us hold it and he That's had cool. just received it like that day or that oh, week. Wow. He had it on his carry-on. Yeah, and that was August. Yeah, so it'll take. We're expecting like it, it to be six months till we actually get this trophy done. So we'll show it to you when we get it. <laughs> it was awesome. so great. That's cool. Well, I have just a couple more questions for you. I want to be respectful of your time here, um, <clears throat> and as we start to wrap down the show, then. So obviously, we've talked about you know the past and getting started. With girl named Tom, the voice. You know, so what does, I guess you briefly mentioned, but what does the future look like from here? As Girl Named Tom, what's the next step? What's the next one to two steps that you guys are working on? Well, you know, we've set our sights high and we want to be the harmony trio of this generation. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. And so what that looks like for the now is getting a single released as quickly as possible of our original music because we're songwriters and that's what we want to be known for. You know, if, if you go to our Wikipedia page when we're all retired and old, we want that to be the number one thing rather than the voice being the number one thing. Right. Yeah. So, um, that's a good way to put it. We have a big album. I mean, an album that we're, excited, excited about. about and we can we're gonna be performing in amazing venues um and yeah just a lot of so it's gonna be a lot of fun a lot of traveling a lot of uh, writing new music as well as releasing what we have written and working with other songwriters too we have plans to move to nashville and get into the scene down there the last few weeks we've been building our team um of like management, booking agents, lawyers, like lots of the business side of um, what it means. And that's great. You know, everybody who's given us advice from experience is telling us like surround yourself with good people so that they can take care of what they need to and you can just do the music and the creativity. So um, that is very nice to have that. Sounds like what you guys are most focused on is that Wikipedia page. Yes. <laughs> That's the number one, number one focus right now. Writing your Wikipedia biography someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But the voice has, it really has been a great stepping stone. Um, but, you know, people tell us all the time, it's not your destination. Mm-hmm, for sure. Last question for you then, Uh, you know, this podcast, we have a strong emphasis on the community. You know, we briefly talked about at the very beginning, um, you know, but you guys have the community in Northwest Ohio, in Pettisville area, you know, Josh and Caleb, you guys have the community in Goshen, Uh, you know, community obviously can be anywhere that we are in our lives. So in a little more in detail, what has the community been like, especially during this time, um, you know, on The Voice and how important has that community support been? Yeah, we love love this theme of your podcast um, because that's it's what we're about. And whether it's in Pettisville or whether it's in Vermont or like Austin, Texas, we feel like we've got these little clumps of GNT community. And our folks home back home in Pettisville were the OGs. You know, <laughs> they sure. they believed in us. They believed in us back when. No one else knew about us and we were just the Lichty kids and and we still feel like we are. And so we love Fettisville and we got to go back and play and sing and talk with some of the the students at the high school, which was just so powerful yeah. for us. And that's the kind of thing we want to keep doing moving forward. And so, yeah, we are who we are because of people who have affirmed and believed in us. And so I would just encourage people to keep doing that, keep um, lifting each other up Mm -hmm. and shine the spotlight on other people. I thought it was cool. I loved at Halloween seeing pictures like on Facebook of like three kids dresses, the three of you. (laughs) Halloween, that was awesome. So cute. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, really appreciate the three of you and your time. Jump on this podcast and just, yeah, kind of highlight your guys' story. Um, you know, awesome story. Cool that it all started, you know, with Holly's idea, uh, you know, passing down to you, Caleb, and then you had to convince the other two to join along. And it has been, you know, a great, uh, I'm sure it has been a great and successful and a fun path so far and excited, you know, what you said, Becca, this is just the start. Like, Ring the Voice is just the start you know, just jumping on that trampoline and, you know, seeing where you guys can go from here. So thank you for your time and uh, good luck in future endeavors. Thank you guys. Thank you so much, Dom and Ryan. Thank you guys. Appreciate you guys. Likewise. Thank you for listening to the Young Pro Show. If you enjoyed the episode, I would encourage you to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow along on social media for updates on Facebook and Instagram at Dom Fry, the insurance guy. And if you really, really enjoyed the episode, it would mean the world to me if you can leave a review on your podcast platform or on my Facebook page. I love you. Thank you for your time and God bless.